This morning is the uh, first morning of the solitary month retreat. So for some of you, and I'm already here some time and continuing in your practice. Just uh, like to reflect and offer some suggestions with regard to the basic way of becoming established and being here and in the cultivation of wisdom and compassion to, I think, begin, and we said a little about this last night, but to begin again this morning with just a, taking moment to, a moment to acknowledge, to recognize, to remember for yourself what your deepest intentions are as you begin the first day of practice. To remember, to reflect on what it means for you to seek to awaken, to open, to develop to discover the depths of what is possible for heart and mind. The practice that we encourage, the practice that seems to be most beneficial is put simply the practice of being awake, the practice of being conscious and in contact with the actual and immediate presence of our life as it is. And to see, to discover what is revealed through that contact, through that presence, to see and discover what is possible for us within the realm of development, of cultivation and equally of discovery. That we are seeking to bring more fully into our life the natural qualities of understanding, of kindness, of wisdom and compassion that are within us and the many beneficial and transformative qualities of heart and mind that we can discover and develop patience, courage, effort, endurance, gentleness many different things kindness many different things that we will learn to develop through our practice are not absent from us but perhaps not yet as fully developed or fully manifest as we recognize their potential to be. So it's really useful to have a clear sense of direction, of orientation towards awakening, whatever and however we conceive that, awakening of the beneficial, the wholesome in life and in ourselves. And in setting up this basic orientation, this basic direction, recognizing that no matter how much or how little work we've done on ourselves, this is the direction that makes sense. And even if it feels like we have already traveled a long way in our journey, or whether we're just beginning, recognizing that there is indeed more traveling to be done. Without setting up somehow a great gap between where we are and where we are going without having in any way the view that because we are travelling in a direction towards something that greater and fuller manifestation of our potential as human beings to be awake, to live with wisdom, to live with compassion 
that even though we're traveling in this direction, not setting up the view that somehow where we are now is not where we should be, or is somehow separate or even disconnected from that which we seek for and to which, towards which we travel. So that there's a clear intention, a clear orientation, without setting up a sense of striving or a sense of pressure to be getting somewhere or to not be where we are. Because in the end, all modes of practice, all forms and styles require us as we understand them, as we mature in them, to actually arrive where we are in order to enable the practice to unfold, in order for our journey to occur, to take place at all, we need to actually arrive where we are. This is the place from which our journey proceeds and the place in which our journey unfolds. So we can slow down. There's no rush, there's no hurry to get anywhere other than where we are. There is nowhere else to go, so we don't need to rush. We simply need to remember that we're here and to look within the immediacy of presence of our life, the presence of our life, to see what is possible, what is needed. Having the sense that there is enough time to do what we need to do and yet not taking that as somehow permission to wait in order to begin at some future date. Oh well, there's plenty of time, I might as well just take the first few days to kind of hang out. Now, in the context of a longer period of retreat, it's of course natural and appropriate that we find the first few days a sense of settling, of establishing ourselves, of finding our feet, finding our rhythm. If we're here for, if you're here for a shorter period of time, then of course that period of settling tends to be shorter. Perhaps in the first day we, we find our way into the practice. But that balance of, of no rush, no hurry, and yet not waiting either, not somehow delaying or postponing in any way the wholeheartedness of engaging with our practice. And that sense of wholeheartedness and engagement comes from recognizing that right here, right now, is where we begin. Not creating a sense of pressure or striving is born from understanding that our practice is to bring us to where we are, rather than to somewhere else, and therefore not creating a gap between the two not creating in any way a sense of needing to be other than where and what we are. Learning to let go of having to become or be someone in particular is an incredible relief when we can just allow ourselves to be as we are, be what we are, be where we are, and yet be wholeheartedly interested in understanding what that is that we are, where it is that we are, how it is that we are. 
And so then that interest, that engagement, that question brings us back to what is real, to what is immediate, to what is now, rather than somehow taking us away into our thoughts and our ideas of what could be, what should be, what might be. To see and to remember, to reflect as we begin our practice on how much we can live our lives in the thoughts of past and future, in the creations and constructions of our minds. And how, while we don't reject the activity of mind and dharma practice, we wish to really free ourselves from entanglement within it, to not be the slave of the mind, but in fact to use it as a tool. And in order to do this, we really need to understand and see clearly how easily and how often we become lost in it. As the uh, great Thai Dharma teacher from the 20th century, Ajahn Buddhadasa, once responded to the question, how would you describe the world? He commented or responded in just three words. He said, lost in thought. And the world, it seems, is often lost in thought. And we ourselves acknowledge that at times we too are lost in thought. So without making thought into the enemy or the problem, it's the lostness that is the issue, not the thought. We make our intention and our primary focus and practice towards not being lost, not being unconscious, which means simply to be present and know that we are so. All the meaningful and transformative unfoldment of our practice is founded in this, in this possibility. The development of focus of presence, of bringing ourselves into a conscious relationship with our heart, with our mind, with our body, and with whatever is happening within us and around us. This is the the foundation, this is the basis for practice, for the development of calm and insight, samatha, vipassana, for the development of loving kindness and compassion, metta and karuna, for the development of joy and equanimity, murita and uh, upeka. All of these wonderful, remarkable, transformative qualities that exist within us already as seed qualities, perhaps somewhat developed, and yet having the potential for further development. All these arise from that quality of being present. And all the practices that we may seek to establish, practices focusing on insight, the development of wisdom, practices focusing on calm and the development of tranquility, Samadhi. Practices focusing on the opening of the, the, the dimensions of the heart, of loving kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. All these practices come back to and rest upon present. The Buddha himself was once asked by a uh, 
a visitor to his uh, community of monks and nuns who were living in the forest. The visitor asked him, he said, why is it that your monks and nuns appear so radiant? And the Buddha's response was, my monks and nuns, the practitioners of his teaching effectively, which is what we are. He said, my monks and nuns appear so radiant because they do not dwell upon the past. They do not hanker after the future. Those that dwell upon the past and hanker after the future dry up and wither like green reeds cut down in the midday sun. Not dwelling after the past, not hankering after the future. They are present and thus they are radiant. The radiance of life, the radiance of truth, the radiance of awakening is all founded in this quality of presence, this rather ordinary and yet remarkable capacity which we can tune into and connect with. The simple knowing of what is right now that reveals all things. And so whatever our particular direction or intention or wish for our practice, whatever area we may feel we wish to develop particularly or if we don't have any particular thought in that regard but more just the sense of well let's just be here and see what unfolds which is equally a fine intention as the wish to develop concentration or particular areas of exploration and insight or heart quality. We really need to establish some way of being present, of being connected. And as a way of focusing, the breath is a remarkably useful vehicle. It's not that it's something that you must or have to use, but uh, I'll speak about it and in doing so, it could perhaps much of what I said could equally be applied to any other way in which we choose to cultivate focus or develop attention. It certainly equally applies to the way in which one uses the experience of taking a step in walking meditation as a basis for focus. And if we're using some other aspect of our experience, likewise. But that cultivation of focus and using the breath in this case just consciously noticing or knowing that what we do in this is we're establishing something as an anchor, as a refuge, as a place to which we can always return. Sensitizing the mind to the breathing experience, to the simple, direct, felt experience of breathing in, of breathing out. Establishing that connection as a, as a well-traveled pathway that we can rely upon, that we can return to, that initially we might find ourselves rather scattered, rather fragmented, the mind not easily able to settle. And yet by choosing to direct our attention to the breath or to some other experience that we 
maintain, that we continue to use that same experience and continuing to use the breath in whichever way we find it accessible, in the way that we enable ourselves to connect with it, coming back again and again to the breathing. Build and deepen a conscious connection with not just the breath, but with the sense of being present, because the breath is unfolding right here and right now. And it's such a useful object for our attention in this way, because it happens by itself. We don't need to produce it. The breath accompanies our life from the first in-breath that arises after we are born until the last out-breath leaves the body at the time of death. Breathing is a companion in our journey of life and a wonderful resource in the cultivation of heart and mind. That it's always there for us. We can always turn towards it. We can always come back to the breath. Enables us to cut through the tendency of mind to proliferate, to get caught up in many things. At times to be unsure to what we should attend. Knowing the breath is here and in moments of confusion or disconnection we can simply come back to this. We can simply reconnect with breathing. This keeps it simple. This saves us from having to think too much or get caught in the, the questions about what and how we should pay attention. Initially it's so useful to keep it very simple, just attending to the breath. Noticing of course what happens when the move, attention moves away from the breath, but simply coming back. And as we do so, as we do so, mind and body and heart begin to come into harmony, come into balance, simply by connecting with where we are, by paying attention to the breath, which is an experience which is connected, which manifests through the condition of heart, mind and body, all of which are affected by the breath and all of which affect the breath. So in paying attention to breathing, we are actually attuning to the condition of our heart, our mind and our body and allowing them all to come into harmony in the present moment within the field of our conscious attention. And this quality of harmonizing is so important, so beneficial with us a way of allowing ourselves to come to rest and to begin to heal the sense of conflict and separation and disconnection that can so often be the inner experience when we are not actually in touch with ourselves at all levels. And with the breath, just as with all experiences, paying attention to what is actual, to what is there, not having some idea of what should be, or what we think is the right way of breathing, any more than we have the idea of what is the right experience at any given time. But actually noticing what it's like, the breath as it is right now. Noticing where you experience it and how it is. 
coming into contact with that in the immediacy of its unfoldment not thinking about it after it has happened or wondering what it's going to be like before it has arisen but actually there as it unfolds as it is revealed and noticing if it's rough or smooth long or short rough deep or shallow so we notice how it is not trying to evaluate that not measuring or judging it but receiving it as it is and yet with an interest with a discernment that's willing to look a little more deeply than the surface to notice the particularity of the experience without judging it without comparing it just knowing it as it is and in this way being in touch with the felt immediacy with what it is that shows to you that reveals to you that breathing is happening right now or in any moment in this way we step away from the conceptualizing and the, the tendency of the mind to want to define things in terms of ideas and images and come more closely into contact with the actuality with the direct experience which reveals what is right now and in each moment and within that also to use the breath as an anchor as a focus in such ways you find works for you not having to believe that there is some perfect or right way but what connects for you where in your body you find it accessible where in your experience of breathing you're able to meet it this is what's important to maybe in a particular location to maybe in the whole body that you sense the breath you may at times find one area or location of your body more accessible than another it's useful initially to be relatively steady with the focusing of the attention on the breathing not looking around too much to find a better place or where it's going to be easier but having sensed or felt and perhaps already established in your practice in your life where it is that you find it useful without having the idea that it must be so or that this is somehow better than another place nonetheless establishing yourself in attention to the breathing in that place in that location in that way and as you do so simply being aware of what the breath reveals so that as we practice it's not just that we're trying to focus or calm or still the mind but that we're also allowing the development of understanding and the opening of the heart to be parallel journeys with the calming and quietening of the mind so that we're interested to simply notice that we are here at all that we're present as we pay attention to the breathing and equally to notice that as we perhaps find our mind has moved away and become lost or unconscious that in that moment we're not present to simply notice that as it is to notice how the movement of breathing changes the experience of breathing fluctuates sometimes we experience it one way 
sometimes we experience it differently. That even when the breath seems relatively steady as an experience, within it, the simple rhythm of in-breath and out-breath, of coming and going, reveals the nature and the experience of change, which is a feature of all experience that is there in each breath to be discovered, to be understood, to be penetrated more fully and deeply. As breath comes and goes, so too do all experiences. Understanding this is transformative. And without trying to make something of it, simply noticing. Noticing this aspect of the experience of breathing and equally of any and all experiences that arise. Making no obstacle in your practice, not making anything into a problem or a barrier to what is occurring or to the development of your practice. can be that when we're beginning and uh, starting with establishing the attention on the breathing, that many other experiences arise and sometimes we take the view that somehow we wish they wouldn't. And yet, this is our life. This is what's here. How else could it be other than the way it is? It couldn't be any different than just this. And so to include what is there. To understand that all experiences offer the possibility of learning. Offer the possibility of growing. The development of heart and mind really unfolds when we recognize that there is nothing outside of our practice. There is no experience which is outside of the realm of interest. That when we notice our attention being drawn away to different experiences, to notice where it's gone, to notice what it is drawn to, maybe sounds, sights, thoughts, feelings, and of course, in the development of practice as and when we feel steady and stable in the mind which may be quite soon maybe already if we've been practicing regularly recently we find that we can actually allow the attention to notice to connect to stay with those different experiences if we're just beginning this period of practice and haven't been practicing so much recently can be that we notice that as soon as the mind goes to another experience we tend to lose the, the connection, that quality of presence. And in that just to notice what's happened, a sound, a thought. Not to judge it, not to reject it, but nor yet to dwell upon it or to seek to figure it out or be too concerned with where it came from or where it's going or when. But just notice, ah, oh, this. Bring the attention back to the breath. So far as we notice that process, it's not as if we've lost that connection with presence. It's simply this experience. When we don't notice it's happened, when we become lost, we often find we start thinking about, dwelling upon, lost in stories and associations derived from the initial experience which our attention was drawn into and yet we didn't notice. We hear a sound, 
we start to think about the sound where we heard it last, what was happening then, and a whole scenario unfolds. Or there's a sensation in the body, we start to think about whether we like it or we don't like it, what we can do about it, if we like it, how will we keep it, if we don't like it, how will we get rid of it, what will happen if we can't get rid of it. And again, when we didn't notice it, we see what happens. At whatever point you realise, simply in the moment of the attention being drawn to the experience, or after some period of time, if the mind has been lost, it doesn't matter. In that moment, begin again. Just come back. Simply reconnect. In a way, being very clear in your intention, and yet at the same time gentle in the way you handle yourself with this process. So creating an environment of receptivity and friendliness that allows the experiences that arise to be there, that acknowledges the fact that at times we are not there, we get lost. And that while our intention is towards being present, that does not mean that every moment we are not is somehow a failure. But rather more to take it as each moment that we recognize we're not there, as a moment to begin again, as an opportunity, as a gift in fact. In the moment we see that we are not present, in that moment we are already present. And so rather than somehow dwelling upon the sort of the failings of our practice for having got lost, much more useful to be grateful for the mysterious and remarkable fact that we've returned, that we are present again in the moment that we notice what's happening. And it can sometimes feel like it's quite a coarse process in which sometimes we're present for a few moments and then we're completely gone. And it's just a case of coming back again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Just that. And that's okay. That's how it is. Other times when we're more stable in our capacity to connect then it's more a case of refining and noticing how the quality of attention at times is more clear, more stable, is more bright and other times it dulls or it softens or it just starts to sort of smudge or blur a little bit and we're not really gone, we're not really fully present either like we might know we're here but we're not really interested or we're slightly in resistance, we haven't gone off in some reaction but we're just slightly in resistance and so noticing where we are if it's more that sort of just here and gone, then that's what we're working with. That's fine, not trying to be too refined or subtle. And yet, if we're mostly able to be present, they're not just thinking, oh well, looks like this is fine, I can just kind of hang out and kick back here. Seeing where it's useful to be working on refining and developing that quality of conscious presence with an element of, with a dimension of interest, of receptivity. And so, this is the foundation for practice. 
this interest and care in developing the presence of our life in consciousness. Or we could equally say the consciousness of our life's presence. Using the breath or such objects as you choose to focus your attention on to be wholehearted in that and yet understanding it is a tool it is not an ultimate destination we are not suggesting that we become that you become attached to any experience whether it be the breathing or otherwise but using it making use of it as a vehicle in your journey a journey that is ultimately to return to where you are and yet to move through the layers of confusion, of distraction and of misperception, delusion we could say that tend to veil our heart and our mind from being fully truly and deeply connected in each moment. May may your practice truly contribute to the well-being and the liberation of yourselves, of each other and of all beings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.